Right now, we're with Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. And Dr. Gorfinkel, uh, let's shift uh, from COVID to cancer here for a few moments, because this past Friday, of course, was World Cancer Day. And we wanted to start by talking about uh, screening, cancer screening. We all know that early detection is key. But the pandemic, it's had such an effect on so many things when it comes to healthcare. How big of an impact has it had on cancer screening? You know, it's interesting. In 2020, that was our bad year because cancer screenings dropped by half. Now, by 2021, they'd mostly picked up. But the problem is, because of the constant stream of new variants coming in, we've seen overall our rates are still not up to what they were pre-pandemic. We're 10 to 15% lower in terms of our screening rates. So this is a serious problem. So what does a good screening test even do? A good screening test should not only detect the cancer, but should offer therapy. There should be therapy that improves survival rates for that cancer. And the top three that I'm talking about are breast cancer, colorectal cancer, and pap smears. And they are seriously behind as we speak. All right. And this is uh, something you need to be, should be talking to somebody such as yourself, your family physician, family uh, doctor about it, making sure, particularly if you're over a certain age, that you get regularly checked, regularly screened. Absolutely. Consider that one in eight women in their lifetime will develop breast cancer. One in 16 people will develop colorectal cancer. The numbers are crazy high. Cancer remains the number one cause of death overall in Canada. So these are not uncommon problems. These are problems that have somehow been swept under the rug for the most part during the pandemic. And on top of it, we're dealing with healthcare worker burnout. We see, you know, provinces shutting down. Well, that, that was back in 2020. Now they're wide open for business. And I think the key thing is for patients to call up their doctors and say, am I up to date? Now, what about the surgical waits? Surgical waiting times have also gone up for cancer patients, and that's a serious problem, too, for a minority. It's not for the majority, because there are many cancers in which surgical waits actually do not tremendously impact survival. And this is a conversation to have with one's personal oncologist to ask that big question. If I'm on a surgical waiting list, am I going to forgive the darkness in this question? die sooner, or be any sicker for having waited? Those are key questions. And the way the surgical waiting lists are supposed to work is that the person who gains the most from that surgery is booked first. But I don't think that that's something we should always assume. That's something that that's another conversation to have with one's personal physician, because there's no question the pandemic has tremendously and negatively impacted our cancer screening. That means we're going to be picking up cancers now at a later stage because we hadn't done as many screens in 20. All right. So what can we do then? Are there any solutions on the horizon? What sort of solutions should we be looking at, Dr. Gorfinkel, when it comes to uh, reducing the backlog uh, when it comes to screenings and of treatment to ensure that there's uh, you know, more timely treatments? I think Ontario could do a far better job than we are. You know, right now we're just sending letters to patients. It's interesting in Saskatchewan, they just go ahead and they send the stool testing kit directly to the patients. No questions asked. Here's your stool test. Just get it in. 
Now here you have to, you get the letter from Cancer Care Ontario, patients come to their family doctors, they have to have a conversation about it and getting, that's another barrier to getting tested. So what happens is that adds to the backlog because family doctors are already overwhelmed, not only with the regular stuff, but with the tremendous added added workload that COVID-19 and Omicron is bringing. So what can I say to the individual patient? Advocate for yourself, call your family doctor, make an appointment specifically to ask, are my cancer screenings up to date? That's for colorectal cancer, pap smears, and mammograms. And the second thing is, of course, get educated around when you should be screened. You know, so right now, you know, and this actually varies from province to province, but if for an average risk woman, screening should start anywhere between the ages 40 and 50 and go every one to two years, depending on one's personal risk. For colorectal cancer screening, now the numbers started, you know, get that stool test. It's just a basic poop test. How hard is that to put some poop on a card and believe it or not, mail it in. That's right, through Canada Post. But that's actually can pick up four out of five colorectal cancers. And if you think about it, it's it's quite incredible. Just a poop test, you can tell that it's that accurate. So that would be an indication for colonoscopy. But it's interesting, if colorectal cancer is caught early, nine out of 10 cases are curable early and, when it's called. and that's yeah what we're talking about here that's why screening is so important why early detection is so important and for those that need further treatment for cancer and really any other surgeries when we talk about this uh, backlog that has been created by the uh, pandemic uh, dr gorfinkel I mean, what is the solution uh, there other than just time i mean i guess uh, you know you look at the uh, supply right but it takes time to build hospitals and other facilities and increase uh, you know our hospital capacity which is a whole other uh, discussion i mean what is the solution for this incredible backlog we've had when it comes to hospitals and healthcare because of the pandemic a major solution that we're not taking advantage of right now is the same thing that walmart's done for years you stand in one line and you go to the first available. Instead, for me as a family doctor, I'm referring to a single doctor. I then wait up to two weeks to hear from that doctor how long his waiting list is or her waiting list. So that's a serious problem, right? Imagine if instead I was referring to one central agency that then simply sent the patient to the first available. Now that would lower waiting lists tremendously, but are we doing that? Not even close. All right. I got to leave it there uh, for now and for this uh, week. Dr. Gorfinkel, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. And we'll talk again next Wednesday. Many thanks. There goes family physician and vaccine researcher, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.